You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and this is my conversation with Rachel Bolan, who is the bassist of the band Skid Row. Now, the reason for the conversation is to promote Skid Row's upcoming tour of Australia, and there's also one date in New Zealand. I'll read out some dates. They're all in October. Thursday the 18th, they're playing Brisbane. Friday the 19th, they're playing Melbourne. Saturday the 20th, Sydney. Sunday the 21st, Perth. Tuesday the 23rd, they're playing Adelaide. And finally, Wednesday the 24th, they're playing in Auckland, New Zealand. Let's have a listen to what Rachel has to say. Here we go. Hello, mate. Andy McKay-Smith calling for our chat. How are you going? Hey, man. How's it going? Mate, I'm plugging away. It's a, it's a balmy. I'm in Queensland, so this is unseasonably cold. You'll probably laugh at me. It's about 9 degrees Celsius. Um, so that's 9. That's uh, about... Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's not really that cold. <laughs> yeah, for us, mate, I, I tell you, let me paint a picture. I'm, because it's 7 a.m., I'm in my dressing gown, I've got a jumper on, I've got a T-shirt underneath it, and I've got track pants on and my slippers on. <laughs> oh, shit, that's awesome. It's it's so hot here, and uh, I'm in Nashville, and it's just been so friggin' hot. We oh, always yeah. skip spring, like in the south, it just completely skips spring. We go straight from winter into friggin' Just the dead of summer. <laughs> yeah, I know. Look, that's typically that's typically us as well in Queensland here. Um, but we yeah. do get. I like to say we experience about four to six weeks of actual winter. Now, I know you laugh being originally from Canada that you know when I say nine degrees, it's 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 cold. But for us, mate, it feels like it's about negative nine degrees Celsius. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm actually from Jersey, New Jersey, but man, we used to get. Cold, oh, sorry, cold, Jersey. Cold. I'm sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah my bad. Yeah, yeah cold, cold winters up there, man. And uh, that was one of the reasons I moved south other than getting divorced, but I just I couldn't deal with the winters anymore, man. When I left, because uh, I, I moved from Jersey to Atlanta, and when I left, there was five feet of snow on the ground. I was like, fuck We're this, done. man. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, well, th- right on. Three cheers to hide a climb. So I hope when you come down, mate, that we're going to put on a bit of better better weather than I'm experiencing right now for you, mate. So tell us all about yeah. the Australian tour, and I'll ask you a few other questions. Yeah, well, uh, you know, we... we we're doing what are we doing? Five Australian, I believe, and one in New Zealand. We haven't been we haven't been there in a bit. Um, I, man, I don't even remember the last time we were there. I, I believe we went through with Ugly Kid Joe, and uh, that was a, quite a while ago. And now we're coming through with uh, ZP as our singer, and, and uh, it's just gonna be awesome. And we'll probably have another big announcement to make soon, but I'm not allowed to make it yet. So. Okay, we could, I can only imagine what that would be because it was one of the questions I was going to ask you. But let's let's talk about ZP, or as we say, ZP, mate. Has he introduced you guys to the game of rugby yet? He has not. He's told us about it and that he's played it, I believe. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, uh, we're we not really too athletic <laughs> in this band. <laughs> but we'll go to games, but, you know. Um, but yeah, his, actually all his family, uh, moved from South Africa to Australia quite a long time ago and they live outside of Melbourne. Aha, uh-huh. right. Yeah. So it's going to yeah. be a bit of a family reunion event when you go to Melbourne, I take it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Let me tell you something else about Skid Row. So, um, given I'm 40 years of age, I'm probably slap bang in the middle of your audience in terms of, um, or maybe on the younger end, if you know what I'm saying, but my experience sure. was, was this. Okay. So. I went through a boarding school, mm-hmm. and there was a bloke in. Uh, was a, there was a house monitor in the corner of our. We, we had prep rooms or study rooms, 
and he used to have his desk in one of the corners surrounded by, you know, a bit of a barrier so as of us juniors couldn't see over there and all the rest of it. Uh, they had their okay. privacy as monitors, but he used to play Skid Row all the time and he used to play guitar <laughs> along to it. So that that was my earliest memory. I think I could probably play myself, even though I'm a bass player and I do play guitar, I think I could, uh-huh. the first guitar solo that I ever learned was actually um, the one in 18 in life. Wow, that's a that's a that's a that's a big uh, that's a steep hill, man. Good oh, on you. It was. It was. I, I don't. I never said I could play it well. I certainly couldn't play <laughs> it on stage. <laughs> but that was my earliest memory. So I've got so many memories associated with the band. I mean, sights, sounds, and smells—they all sort of come back when I hear a lot of the tracks <laughs> off your your first album. You, but you must get a lot of feedback like that. A lot of that. A lot of sentiment is associated with the band from a fan's perspective. Yeah, and it's really cool when that happens because, I mean, it it happens to all of us. I always say, like, certain songs to certain people are like a photograph in time. And it just, like you said, they're like, oh, my God, I remember listening to – because for me it was Kiss and Peter Frampton and, Mm. and, uh, you know, bands, a lot of bands out of the 70s, Sweet and all that stuff. And, like, whenever I hear Show Me the Way by Peter Frampton, I always smell – apple scented incense mm. <laughs> because my friend always used to burn it in the room because we'd smoke cigarettes in there and get high and stuff and <laughs> we'd burn apple incense and whenever i hear that song i automatically smell apple incense but when people say that to us it's just like it's one of those stories that never fall flat on from a, an appreciation standpoint you know because yeah. it's just like wow we say that about our favorite bands and people say that about us it's just a really cool feeling man to know that you wrote a song that mattered to someone that that is one of those photographs in time that just bring exactly. back a lot of great yeah. memories, you know. Yeah, it's just a massive imprint on that period of time for me. Like we talk about rugby, the school I went to was was a, a dominantly rugby school. So, I mean, I, mm. I, I, even now to an extent, when I'm watching a game of rugby in the distant background, is your music. You know that. I mean, rugby has been a big part of my life, right? But right. both as a player and as a player as a kid, and also I'm a big fan of it. So, mate, it's 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 a massive part of my life, and it's something that I don't think will probably ever go away because it was at that era, being 12 and 13 years of age, just like a thumbprint, isn't it? It doesn't go away; yeah. it stays there. Yeah, man, it's crazy when that happens, and and when people say it about our songs, it just blows my mind. It mm. really, and it makes me feel really, really good. Look, it alludes to something else. You know, you've been around for a bloody long time, it needs to be said. And if you don't mind me saying, you're one of the grand examples of uh, your, your survivors. Okay. You've been cool. through a lot. Thank you. You've been through a lot. Um, you have, in my view, you've got two classic records. All of your material has been very good, but you've got two classic albums. Of course, I'm referring mm. to the self-titled album and Slave to the Grime, which, is, which I never thought ever, ever got its due. And I still don't think, it probably won't because these days you know how it is with the internet people being edgelords. Rock and roll yeah. is sort of one of those things that's been put into the background. But what's what's given you guys, particularly the three core members of the band, the uh, what's giving you the endurance, if I can use that word, to just sort of keep on doing what you guys do? You know, uh, I, I've been asked this question and I, I don't know really what it is other than we just love doing it. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things... We, there there was a point where we couldn't get far enough away from it. And then once we had that breather and that little room, we're like, man, we can't just let this, you know, disappear into the, into nothingness, you know? And, mm. and 
we just really enjoyed what we were doing. And when we got the band back together, there were some really, really lean times and stuff went, stuff would go good and then go bad and go good and go bad. And it's weird because it took us, we, we basically started again in 2000. And it took us until, you know, pretty much till 2015 to, say okay you know we went through personnel changes like crazy and then once you know rob joined the band and that turned a lot of stuff around once rob hammersmith joined okay yes. and and then once zp joined it just everything completely changed and people were in our corner again they they were less critical they you know they found you know especially the trolls online found less reasons oh, yeah. to hate us basically yeah, exactly. you know oh god and yeah yeah and and it's like you know what that stuff is what it is but we all internally just started feeling really good about what we were doing and just we could see that things like over the past two and a half years whenever zp joined i think that was uh, uh he, he came and started singing with us in 2015 i believe and um it really started changing quick for the good and, and things started getting really positive and eyebrows went up and like oh man what's going on you know so um, yeah, I, I think that's part of it, you know, and it, we just keep hitting the, these new goals and we're like, well, you know, let's, uh, let's go out on tour again. Let's do this. Okay. Let's yeah. make a new record now. Let's start writing, you know, start writing songs, do a new record, blah, blah, blah. And now there's people coming to us with stuff asking, Hey, you know, labels coming to us and, and you know constant show offers coming in and it's just yeah, a really cool. good feeling and when you hit that again at our age and at our stage of the of our career it's just like okay let's keep going <laughs> let's ride this thing till the wheels fall off you know yeah good on you and and i think i think that also alludes to the fact that the skid row phenomenon in 2018 is largely fan driven too meaning that you got people like myself and old old fans and that don't worry about what the media says don't worry about whatever the trolls are talking about. We connect with your music, and when you come and play a place like Australia, people like me are going to be in the crowd regardless of whether or not it's promoted. I mean, I know it's being promoted well, obviously, but my point is the opinion around you guys coming down, whether or not you're seen as a funky band to go and watch or what have you, people are sort of entrenched. It's like, well, it's Skid Row. It's a bit like when Kiss come and play. You sort of arrived at that point where you're associated right. with legacy acts like Kiss and Aerosmith. Oh, that's fucking, uh, man, being in a sentence with both those names is just the, the highest compliment. But, cool. yeah. you know, it, it, it is cool. It is like we still have such a huge core fan base, you know, that uh, we're, we're lucky. We're a really lucky band. You know, we, we had enough hits to where people will know most of the set. You know what I mean? And yeah, of course. Yeah. Our, our, our hardcore fans trust us when we put out stuff that's new. And they they go at it with an open mind, um, and you know it, we we got it really good. We're really lucky guys, and we're very fortunate to have such uh, true and loyal people that that listen to the band. Mm. Hey, I'm I'm not going to ask about Sebastian, so don't get me wrong. When I ask this question, it's going to be a, it's I'm going to reframe the question about Sebastian. But do you get tired of constantly being asked about it? Because obviously, it's never going to happen. But is it just one of those things that journalists like to focus on because it's the one question that they think is is uh, pertinent to Skid Row? You know, I don't, I don't know what they think, but they, uh, you know, it, it is a question that comes up. It's coming up a lot less, but it is a question that comes up usually at the end of the conversation after 
Oh, yeah. Talking about how well the band's doing, people will ask that, and I'll just be like, you got to be kidding me, man. Yeah, <laughs> we just did a half an hour interview <laughs> of how good things are going. <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- I, I listened to, it was either yourself or Dave who was interviewed, and of course, I know you're famously very good friends with Eddie Trunk, and I love his podcast. Um, mm. And I think if I think it's I almost feel like whenever you guys get asked about the Sebastian thing, you go, you know what? Go and have a listen to our discussion with Eddie. That'll answer all your questions. Right. You know, <laughs> there you go. Instead, instead of wasting any. Usually, usually I start before an interview. I'm like, no Sebastian questions. I just happen to forget today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so let's talk about your your relationship and your friendship with Eddie, because I mean, I don't think anybody's been a bigger supporter of rock music, you know, like in the world, than Eddie, because he's had the platform yeah. to be able to support it. So, um, how how did you guys? I don't know. He was a he was a mate of yours, or a friend of yours before the band was signed. So when you guys are still treading the boards in local pubs and clubs, so how did that friendship come about? He's a Jersey guy, and and we're we originated out of New Jersey, and um, we did an interview up at his station. He was at uh, what was it WDHA, I think, at the time, and we did an interview with him, and he was a fan of the band already because the guy just has his ear to the ground and he knows just about everything about any band and we just all hit it off and he hmm. you know he went to he uh, to i think he was working at megaforce records for a while and we all we stayed friends through the years and you know we like honestly i can say i could call that guy at any time of the night if i need a ride if my car breaks down dude and man i'm broken yeah, down man. in the jersey turnpike yeah. and <laughs> you give me a ride you know we're <laughs> We're that kind of friend, and, and you know we've gotten in arguments and made up and whatever. But we, we, he's just a cool dude, and the, the friendship just happened. It just happened organically and quickly, you know, because mm. he was such a supporter of us. But we could see how he's a supporter, but he's our friend, you know. Yeah, cool, mate. I think I've run out of time. I've just read my email here. It tells me that I've only got fifteen minutes when I thought I had twenty. So what can I say, man? It's a pleasure to talk to you finally after uh, what, how many years has it been? Thirty years or twenty-five years or something like that. So it's always, <laughs> yeah. it's always a thrill for me as an indie journalist to talk to an artist whose music I've been listening to for that period of time. So thank you for making your music, and I'll certainly be in the audience when you guys tour Australia. All right, brother. Make yourself known. So come back and have a beer. I'd love to do that. Thank you very much. All right, mate. dude. Okay. All right, thanks, man. Cheers. Bye. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that was my conversation with a fella called Rachel Boland from the band Skid Row. Thank you so much for listening.